Between 1948 and 1949, approximately 2,500 tailors and their families immigrated from Europe to Canada through the Garment Workers Scheme, a plan that found jobs for those with skills in tailoring. It was the first time in history that the country opened its doors to so many Jewish people, many of whom survivors of the Holocaust. Thanks to these unique employment opportunities, these immigrants were able to rebuild their lives. To commemorate the momentous time in history, one social entrepreneur launched a project documenting the stories of those tailors. And wanting to replicate the success of that innovative model of 1948, his team started a social enterprise to help refugee tailors find jobs in Canada, once again using the tools of their trade. Welcome to In the Business of Change, where we speak with social entrepreneurs impacting their communities and the world. I'm your host, Elisa Birnbaum, publisher and editor-in-chief of Sea Change magazine. Hope you've had a chance to check out my recently published book, also titled In the Business of Change, where I profile social entrepreneurs around the world. You can find it at your local bookstore, at Amazon, or on our website. On today's episode, we speak with Paul Klein, whose organization Impact Labs is leveraging a social innovation from Canada's past to bring jobs and hope to the refugees of today. In our conversation, he explains what inspired the Taylor Project and its social enterprise, a made-to-measure shirt company that provides meaningful employment to refugee tailors living in Canada. He then shares the initiative's auspicious beginnings that saw the very first shirt produced given to Prime Minister Justin Trudeau at a recent Holocaust Remembrance Day event. And he offers his vision for the Taylor Project, a social enterprise born of history, whose impact and relevance is being reimagined today. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. I really appreciate it. I'd love to hear more about the project, the Taylor Project, um, and what inspired it. The project, as, as you may know, was a, sort of a made in Canada social innovation from 1948 that was uh, led at the time by a man named uh, Max Enkin and his son, his name is Larry, who's now 90, um, who I've known for a long time, um, told me about, and I'd never heard about the Taylor Project, he told me about it and told me about his father's involvement and he started wondering how could we uncover this, you know, bring this to life, who were these people, what were their stories, and in what way did this project um, contribute to them having, you know, safe, successful, meaningful lives here in Canada? Right. And what happened to their families? We started very much about kind of a longitudinal question, um, starting with who were these people, and then what happened, and then what happened to their families. That was the that was the initial. Thing and then over a number of months, um, we were ultimately able to, um, you know, through the, the Canadian Jewish Archives, actually find out, get the original lists of the the ships manifests from the time that the project happened. So we were able to actually, for the first time, find out who these and where they came, where they were from in Europe, what the P camps they were in what ship they came to on Canada, where they were coming in Canada, all this other detail, um, what garment factory they were assigned to work to in Canada. and um, But the thing was, is that we could not 
contact them because of privacy regulations. Mm -hmm. And so we ultimately then um, uh, developed a website, our first website, for the purpose of giving people the opportunity of contacting us, actually. Mm -hmm. And um, we got the Canadian Jewish News to do a story on it. People started to contact us. Toronto started the story. The CBC did a number of stories. And that's really how it started. Ultimately, uh, that led to where we are today, which is publisher who's mm-hmm. publishing this, Second Story Press. We've got a hundred or so tailors and their families, their stories recorded. And that book is going to be published in 2020. And um, the, the learning from that um, of what happened then is being applied to the needs of refugees today. So why do you think this learning and this project is particularly relevant today? Well, there's a couple of things. One, it was a business-led, business-led social change initiative mm-hmm. at a t- from 1948 when nobody ever thought about corporate social responsibility, never heard of it, didn't care about it. But the reality is, is that businesses, in fact, are important agents of social change. And um, so that's one of the elements which is, I think, interesting and one of the reasons people pay attention to it. The other one is that um, refugees, so today, of course, we have refugees from Syria and other countries who are in exactly the same situation that the refugees were in 1948, right. after the Holocaust. They're coming to Canada. They don't speak English. They have no work, or are not able to get work in the um, in the area which they're which they have experience. In. They're not familiar with the country. There are all kinds of barriers in terms of housing and so on, and acceptance. And uh, so here we have a situation that very much mirrors the experience of the refugees who came here after the Holocaust in 1948 and worked in the garment industry. The main difference is is that there was a garment industry to work in then. Now there isn't. Right. But then you have people who are, have come here, many of which have tailoring skills. So this is why we're, you know, we're starting this garment, socially responsible garment brand. Which I want to get so, to, yeah, yeah. So those are a couple of the, some of the reasons why. And the other thing, there's a sort of something... I don't know, sort of a intangible about this particular initiative that I don't know exactly what it is, but there's something which is just magnetic about it. Um, there's something that, like, there's a lot of Holocaust stories and a lot of stories of all, all kinds of, you know, powerful stories of people's experiences, but this is drawing people in in a way which I've personally never seen before. Right. I see that, too. I'm, I'm sensing that. Um, and and with with that being said, uh, so you, as you were mentioning the project, uh, there's various elements to the project, and one one in particular, um, which is which is I'm sure uh, significant to the people that are listening to this podcast, is that the the social enterprise that you've now started. Tell us a bit more about it. Like what what is it about, and how does it how is it going to work, and 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 what made you, uh, what motivated you to get that off the ground question is how could we bring the learning from the original Taylor project full circle to address the needs of refugees today so and it's if the context as we're saying is very similar well maybe the response could be very similar um, so 
as I said, the main difference is that there's the garment industry here is not nearly what it was, right. and the um, the reality, the economics of the industry are such that um, in Canada you can't make a T-shirt profitably, not possible, um, because our labor costs and other costs are too high, and that's why they're all made offshore. Um, however. Um, you can make other garments, and you know. So you look at the the company, Canadian companies that have been successful are companies like Canada Goose and Lululemon and others that are super high end, super premium brands. And so the, our garment business is um, is really modeled on that in a way, which is what we were starting as a made to measure shirt company, um, which um, will and is employing people who are refugees who've come to Canada with tailoring skills. And um, so we have just started, um, we took about, took actually about, I would say five months, literally five months to get to the point where we had shirts that were being made that were of the caliber that we needed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Even just to make a couple of shirts took that long. So many different, sure. you know, yeah. iterations of it. Yeah. Anyway, the main thing is that we're now at the point where we do have um, the product at a point where we believe it needs to be. And that's what was given to the prime minister two weeks ago. And uh, so the business model is going to be um, still evolving a little bit. But but there's um, um, the main element of it is we're going to have we're going to be making a fairly limited supply of very high end made-to-measure shirts um, that um, that will be available. Like we're probably, our, our initial aim is to have about a thousand shirts made by the end of this year. This is about the value of employment. Really. Right. The shirts are a means to that end and establishing a value of employment for refugees and immigrants. So um, what we are going to do is to essentially reinvent the uh, what is an employment center. So our employment center will be a place where refugees and immigrants can get access to all kinds of other of you know important sort of what what in the social service world it was called wraparound support things like you know english and second second language and you know these people come with you know ptsd and other issues so um so there's going to be all those services available provided by organizations that already do that not mm -hmm. by us but we'll have mm -hmm. a place for that to happen but it will also be a place where things are made, in this case, shirts. So um, <clears throat> it's going to be, um, it's, I don't know, there's, I, I think that's a very exciting vision. I don't think it's ever been done before. And so we are, and we're going to establish that one in the broader GTA area next year. And, um, and then use that as the sort of pilot to... Um, build off of and then establish those employment centers where shirts are also made by refugees um, in other in other communities. Very exciting. Um, and if we can just touch upon the event, um, tell us a bit more about the event. And there was someone from the burgeoning social enterprise who yeah. who was there. Uh, well, he's one of three. Oh, one of three. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. So, um, he was Mohammed is the name. He was very excited to be there. I'm sure. And um, so he'd only came, has came to Canada, I think, 
11 months ago, and there he was presenting a shirt <laughs> that they had made to the prime minister. So <laughs> how, that's tell us, pretty good. I, yeah, you know? it must have been pretty exciting. Uh-huh. Tell us how that came about and, and, and tell us a bit more about the event and what it meant to, to everyone, including you and Mohammed. Well, I'm still trying to process it. What we wanted to do was to do really do two things. Um, one is um, to celebrate the families of the tailors. Right. Um, and there were some original, some, I mean, there are not that many of the original tailors that are left alive, mm-hmm. but there are some, and some of them were there. So we had about 300 or so tailor families there, and that was the, I guess I would say 90% of that event was about acknowledging their experience, giving them a, an opportunity to share their own stories, which mm-hmm. were incredible. And um, and this was on a special day. It was uh, Holocaust Remembrance Day, correct? Yes, it was. Okay. Okay. And so that's also an important uh, dimension of it. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to acknowledge that, of course. And then the other part of it was this sort of uh, celebration, or I'm not sure what to call that, but but this sort of vision for the future. Right. And um, and and saying, okay, well, this is not this is not over. It's really a new beginning um, where we're using. Learning from what um, what the experiences of uh, these incredible people who came here in 1948, and the response of Canada and the response of the Canadian business community, we we're just bringing the whole thing full circle, and and that was a big part of of where we left off on May 1st, which is giving the Prime Minister the first of these shirts, sharing about what our vision is of the future, and. Um, yeah, just sort of setting yeah. the stage for the next phase of it. And what was the? Did you get a lot of response? A lot of what? What did you hear so far? Well, what we heard is it was life changing. Yeah, people. yeah. You know, I mean that's uh, that's really all I can say. You know, yeah. I mean people, um, including the prime minister's team, said hmm. that too. So, hmm. um, you know, you almost never have that again. Yeah. So I felt very, um, you know, like we you're. You know, when you have the opportunity to help make some, bring something like that into the world, you yeah. know, it's very humbling. So, um, yeah, I don't think people are, I mean, it was just, you know, like some of the people there, I mean, maybe one of the most dramatic parts of the whole thing, or not dramatic, but important, this is one woman who is one of the, one of the original tailors, in fact, and a Holocaust survivor, so mm-hmm. she's 91 or something shared her story uh, for the first time, including her family hasn't even heard this. Wow. You know, and they were there. It's hard to get to that level of meaning uh, in life today, you know. So I feel like that people who who had the opportunity to experience that and um, came away were just like, like, you know, not exactly the same. But if, if, if you have the opportunity to go to visit, say, the concentration camps or anything, some of these things, some of these yeah. kinds of places. You don't even know what to say afterwards. Yeah, yeah, I hear that. And it was at that level. And I watched it live. Um, I couldn't make it uh, <laughs> in person, and I, I felt uh, similarly. Like, it, it was, it really was a powerful uh, event, and so kudos to you for for Thank pulling you. that off. It truly, um, yeah, yeah, it was very impressive. And in terms of, you know, being consistent with the type of work that you do, Impact is your, your company, right? And so you do some of these uh, projects. This is through Impact Labs and, and how this is consistent with your mission, your vision as a mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, um, yeah, Impact 
we have a couple of things. Uh, one is Impact, which is a B Corp mm-hmm. that I started in 2001. And Impact um, exists to help businesses solve social problems. So um, we work with good fortune of working with a lot of large corporations um, over the years. And um, Impact Labs is um, is a sort of parallel nonprofit organization mm-hmm. that exists to conduct social issue research and to develop innovative solutions such as social enterprises to social problems. Right. And uh, so this um, Taylor project is being done under Impact under Impact Labs, and it really fits both of those um, both of those mandates because one part of it is doing the research for the you know of the original 1948 project and and developing the book. About it, so which will be available next year. Very exciting. And mm. we're also going to develop a um, full-length documentary about this, and then, um, of course, also we're launching this social purpose business. Um, so it's yeah, it's a perfect fit, really. It really is. It really is. What we are doing, really, I think, if there's one thing that I could say, which yeah. I'm learning more and more about this particular thing, is the more we are sticking to. Um, um, kind of understanding and um, repeating the original, the essence of what this was originally, the better it is. Right. That's how visionary it was then. And so we are just sort of uh, kind of custodians of this, you know, and bringing it forward so that it can work again. Thank you for listening to In the Business of Change. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast to hear other conversations with inspired social entrepreneurs and change makers working on challenges in their communities and across the globe. I'm your host, Elisa Birnbaum.